Hey, welcome to the Resolve Podcast, episode number 34. I'm Carly Tizano, a New Year's resolution coach, obsessed with all things goal setting, personal development, coaching, and of course, resolutions. One of my biggest goals is to help you reach yours. I'm here to provide the tools, support, and inspiration you need to reach your goals this year and every year, and to feel supported every day along the way. Today, we are diving into a topic that I always find super fun. (laughs) It goes back to my childhood when I would take pretty much every BuzzFeed quiz that I ever came across. (laughs) So I could tell you exactly which Disney princess I am, what entree I am from Olive Garden, and... (laughs) all of the other craziest things that BuzzFeed ever managed to come up with. But as I grew older, my love of quizzes of all kinds turned into a love for personality quizzes. And that is an interest that has proved to be much more valuable to me as a coach and as an individual. And I have read so many books on all different kinds of personality tests, but I wanted to have a guest who has a much deeper knowledge of personality tests than me come and share on the podcast about one of my favorites. So today we have a very special guest coming on to share about the Enneagram, which is one of my favorite personality tests and one that I think is so valuable as we work to achieve our goals, no matter what they may be. So today our guest is Amy Wicks, who is a faith-based Enneagram coach, speaker, and writer who lives in Kansas City with her tree-climbing arborist husband and three kids who can be found on the limbs of a tree themselves. She is the voice of the weekly Simply Wholehearted podcast and is the author of Should Christians Use the Enneagram? She loves giving her time to help mom entrepreneurs create life rhythms and a business they love with the help of the Enneagram. So today she is coming on the podcast to share some of her wisdom about the Enneagram with us. So without further ado, here is my interview with Amy Wicks. Amy, thank you so much for coming to share on the podcast today. Oh, Carly, I love this sort of thing. So I'm happy to carve out time in my calendar for a podcast conversation. Well, to start off, can you share a little bit about your journey and everything that led you to where you are today? Oh, whoa. We don't have enough time. (laughs) I will say just like everybody's journey, it's never linear. We all want it to be in our heart of hearts. We want it to be easy, simple, straightforward, step-by-step, but that's just not how life goes. Mm -hmm. So I think a shortened summary is I grew up as a pastor's kid, Mm -hmm. stepped into ministry from a young age, and then fell in love, got married, and had three kids (laughs) in three and a half years. All of those little pieces have, I believe, have led me to the point that I am at today. One of the congruent themes in all of those twists and turns and timing sometimes happening quickly or sometimes after a (laughs) long-awaited prayer (laughs) and petition is that I love to hear people's stories. Mm. And there was just this natural gifting and gift set in me where I seem to be a safe place for people. And I don't know why it's actually not something that's typical with my personality, but it's just something that I love to do. And I loved to offer in relationship with people. And as my third one hit about a year old, I stepped into the business world, if you will. And I got involved with a home party business and loved getting out there in the community again and exercising my speaking gifts and my entrepreneurial, um, a hat and like putting that on and wearing it and seeing how it fit again after having kids and doing mom life for a little bit. And I, I just, some of that getting to do that awakened this passion and desire in me. And so about a few years in, it was going really well. And I, I went to a conference called business boutique with my mother-in-law and we were sitting and listening to this talk and conversation. I had gone there to continue to see how I could grow this home party business. And I was, had brought my mother-in-law. So she would 
uh, be encouraged about sharing this intentional parenting message mm-hmm. that she had taught over the years. She just needs some encouragement. And in that moment, instead of getting ideas about this home party business, I started getting all these ideas about this intentional parenting mm. message and how I wanted to help her. And then also the challenge about speaking from my own experience and the lessons that the Lord had taught me and the places of weakness, but, and hard places, but also those moments of victory and that growth was possible. And, and so it was a very in, informative and powerful moment that I'll never forget. Now, the vision I had then it has come to fruition, but it certainly doesn't look like the context. (laughs) Isn't that the way? Oh, always. (laughs) You have this vision and this idea and you do get to that point, you realize, and then you're like, well, but that's not how I thought it was going to work. So here I am. That was May of 2016. So here we are six years later, and I am now an Enneagram coach certified for marriage and family. And I have found that I really love working with female entrepreneurs, or sometimes we call mompreneurs. Women who are looking to thrive in their faith with their family and in their business. And I use the Enneagram to help them achieve their best path and not my best path, Mm -hmm. which I think is really important as a coach. Oh yeah. That's a key component because of course we have lots of ideas about how we want our life to go. And oftentimes our clients can think my coach will just tell me what to do, or they know where I should end up and they know exactly how I should get there, but that's never the truth. We just ask the right questions to help them bring the answers that they already know to the table. And then they can go from there. Totally. Because oftentimes the answer is just beneath the surface for them. They just need someone to peel back the layers, the overwhelm cut through with some clarity to go, oh yeah, that's right. I know what to do. I know how to do this. I just need to do it. (laughs) And then that's where we give a little accountability, right? They just don't know always what questions to ask. Just, we don't know what questions to ask ourselves sometimes. Totally. We don't know what we don't know. And that's why we invite people to help us. I love that part of your story. When you were saying, I am such a safe place for people to land and people just love to tell me their stories, even though that's not part of my personality or not something that you would expect from someone who has my personality. So That's the kind of insight that I think we can really gain when we understand what our personality type even is, and then we can deconstruct it or use it within that holistic picture of our life to determine maybe things are out of alignment or maybe what we should start doing or stop doing to just get that bigger picture. And then we can move forward to achieve our goals or to strengthen our families or to just live our life with a better idea of who we are and why we operate in the world the way that we do. A hundred percent. Yeah. So the system that you use, the personality system is the Enneagram. So Mm -hmm. I'm so excited to have you here today to talk about that. Can you start by sharing a little bit about the history or the basis where the Enneagram even comes from? Yes, Carly, everyone should know this about me is that I'm a personality nerd, (laughs) a little bit of a junkie and happened for a long time since high school. I can remember back in the early 1990s dating myself. I remember my parents went to some marriage conference and Dr. Gary Smalley, maybe it's Larry Trent. I can't remember now. Anyway, they had some sort of assessment and it was about animals and the Mm. animals represented different personality styles. Mm -hmm. I just remember because they came home and they were telling us, Oh, I think you're a golden retriever. Oh, I think you're (laughs) a lion. Oh, I think you're, you know, all of these different things. And it just piqued my interest and have since then gotten familiar with the disc test, gifts assessment, Myers-Briggs. There are so many out there, Mm -hmm. but the thing that I love about the Enneagram, and I really just stumbled upon it. I heard about it from my favorite podcaster. 
whose name happens to be Annie. So the first time I heard about Enneagram, I thought it was Annie-agram. <laughs> <laughs> when I Googled, I realized, oh, that's not how it's spelled. <laughs> but as I dove into it, I pretty quickly realized that this was something distinctly different than the other personality assessments that I had participated in or had tried to understand for myself and to see how it applied to my life. Because what the Enneagram was talking about or what it wanted me to explore were my motivations. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about my behavior, but it was why. I did what I did, why my friends were doing what they were doing, what my spouse was, and even what my kids were doing. And from that moment on, I was like, okay, I think there's something here that I want to know more about. And I ended up getting my certification as I've I've mentioned and things like that. But I also simultaneously, because as a Christian, as a believer and someone who wants to follow the tenets of our faith and honor that, I also, as I was exploring, I wondered if this Enneagram was something that I should be able to use. Like, Mm. am I allowed to? And I wondered it myself, but I also wondered it because some people were challenging me and questioning Mm. and going, Ooh, don't mess with this. So along the way of getting trained and informed and not only discovering my personality type, but using it with the people that I was coaching, the women I was coaching, I also knew I had to dive into the origins and really explore was the Enneagram something that I could use? And so the Enneagram ultimately, to give a brief history, it's it's pretty old. We're not sure how old. It could be ancient or it could be a couple hundred years old. We're not 100% sure. But what we do know is that some of the themes and some of the teachings we can trace back really far and go back to, there's always been these nine sets of personalities. And as history has evolved, so has attributing content to those nine personalities and exploring those and putting names and attributes and and holy ideas and vices, all the different things that we now have within the Enneagram teaching. And ultimately, while there's people who were involved with the history of Enneagram, that I don't know that they were harmful or wicked people. They were people who had their own unique belief system but they, there wasn't anything corrupt or evil that was put into the Enneagram. And ultimately, over time, just like psychology, just like Myers-Briggs, just like DisTest, people who share my belief system and who have a biblical worldview have taken what are the insights and the general idea of those things and have used them and applied their worldview to help others. Because mm-hmm. ultimately, I believe if God created it all, then there is ability to use whatever we can learn from the world, the arts, the music, all those things, the expressions are ultimately expressions of him. And so that's where, you know, the the history is varied and there's lots of different teachers out there. And ultimately I have chosen to learn and explore and educate myself with Enneagram from people whose beliefs that I align with. And really that's then the question or even the The encouragement that I give those who are beginning to explore the Enneagram is be aware of who your teachers are and Mm -hmm. be intentional with who your teachers are of the Enneagram. But it is an incredible resource that really gets underneath and explores who the Lord created you to be and how you can best express some of his character traits here and be his hands and feet on the earth with the time that we have. Mm -hmm. I love that point too, because the same goes for any tool like a hammer. You can use a hammer to build a house or you could use a hammer to go to your neighbor's house and tear it down. Amen. <laughs> and 
it's so helpful to have that perspective because there are a lot of tools or techniques that people have used and twisted over time, or sometimes they get a bad rap, but they maybe work for you. And if they do, then just find those teachers who teach it in the way that you agree with, or that you understand or apply it to your own life in the way that's going to work best for you. And it, it doesn't necessarily have to be something bad inherent about the tool that you want to use, because if it is working for you, then there probably is some good in it. (laughs) That's exactly why it's working for you. Yeah. I've had so many conversations about this thing, but ultimately there's one that stood out to me that I had this uh, last winter with Heather McFadden and she's been a podcast host for eight years. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, you're so cool. But she's like, the fruit of using the Enneagram has been better relationships, a great marriage, bonding with my kids, understanding myself and falling in love with the Lord more. So pretty sure if it's got good fruit, I don't think that Satan's really in it. (laughs) So if we're going to judge something by the fruit, that's probably a good way to go. Yeah. That's a great way to look at it. So you mentioned the nine types of personality that people have been picking up on from the beginning and it's been transmuted over time, but now we have the Enneagram and we look at those nine types through that lens. So can you walk us through the nine types and what they are, what they mean? (laughs) Give us an overview. Yes. I'm going to give a very high view because there is so much to say about them, but Mm -hmm. that's where Carly, I know you will be pointing to resource. I have gobs of resource (laughs) and years of podcasts and all those sort of things that help you understand each type. But I will start off by saying, giving a little bit more explanation about even the word Enneagram. When you, you see it, it does look a little bit weird, but Ennea simply means nine and Gram means diagram or picture. So when you look up Enneagram, you will see a nine pointed shape and they will see numbers associated with that. And sometimes circle drawn around it and lines connecting and things like that. And we won't go into all of that today. (laughs) We'll talk about a little bit about the circle around it because we're going to talk about wings, but ultimately it's just a nine pointed shape. There is no hierarchy in the Enneagram. And that's really important to know. You will see the nine is at the top. And while I love nines, I'm married to a nine and nines are awesome. It doesn't mean they're better than everybody else, (laughs) (laughs) but it starts with a nine. It goes in a a clockwise circle and goes one through eight accordingly. And then you're back at the nine. Each one of those is a reflection things I have alluded to before, a reflection of the character of God. There's a holy idea associated. It describes your ego fixation, a weakness, temptation, all these different elements. But what I like to talk about first, if I get the pleasure of just pointing straight to it, is when I describe the type, I like to talk about their core desire. Mm. Because as you sift through, if this is the first time you're exploring the Enneagram and this is all new to you, what I'd like for you to pay attention to and take time to check in on is what's that core desire? What is that desire that is motivating you to make these decisions? You and I might do the same thing, but we have a different motivation behind it. And neither of them are bad. They're just unique to us. Now, of course, our motivations can be bad. And that's where with my faith and the word of God, it tells us again and again to make sure that our motivations are pure. And that's why I go to, there's no hierarchy with these. All of these are unique motivations. So I'm going to start at the nine because we're going to start at the top of the diagram. And the core desire for the nine is inner stability and peace of mind. Sometimes they're called the peacemaker because of this. And the goal for the nine is to be at peace with others. So just like the The desire goes back to the desire, inner stability, and peace of mind. 
Now, then the one, their core desire is goodness, integrity, and balance. They are sometimes known as the perfectionist, but I really like the term reformer for the type one. They're great at seeing things that need to be fixed (laughs) and they're good at making those changes. And again, creating a sense of goodness and integrity, not only with themselves, but with the world and environment around them. The type two, their core desire is to feel loved and wanted. Oftentimes their name might be helper. And so they're really great at supporting others and they instinctively know how to root out others' needs and they love to help. And it goes back to that desire to feel loved and wanted, which for everybody, these desires when out of sync or when we're trying to get them met out of our own strength and met outside of the Lord, then we sometimes get tripped up and we do them for the wrong reasons. So you'll see there's the positives of each one of them, but then there's also the downside. And that's why it's worth taking time to to check in and to really listen um, and figure out what our desire is. For the type three, the core desire is to feel valuable there. And and with some of these, you're like, of course, we all want to feel valuable. They want to feel successful and that they've achieved something, that they're contributing something really remarkable. So they are known sometimes as a successful achiever. And ultimately for them, they have to get that sense of feeling valuable outside of what they do and what they're contributing. The type four, they desire to be uniquely themselves. They love to be a little bit different, be set apart in a way. And they're sometimes known as the individualist. Oftentimes too, they're known they're even talked about as the creative, Mm. but I push back on that name a little bit because Every type is creative, not just the four. They're not the only ones. Yeah, exactly. They are in their unique way. So I I appreciate the individualists. And they also really desire to be accepted even in their raw authenticity. Mm -hmm. And my fours always challenge me to be a little bit more transparent and authentic and in touch with my feelings, (laughs) which is so great. Okay, for the type five, their core desire is mastery and understanding. Mm. They have an insatiable appetite for knowledge. So sometimes they're called the investigator and they love to research something, learn about something. When they get passionate about a topic, they are all in. And they're also the people you want to go to when you need to know more about something (laughs) and you don't want to do the research. They can give you the summary, (laughs) which is so great. And then the type six, their core desire is to have support guidance and security, also known as safety. Uh, The six is often known as the loyalist. And they are, they are the types who, if they, if you have won their trust, which their trust is not always easily earned. If you have won it, they are loyal until the end and you want them by your side. (laughs) And then the type seven, their desire is to be satisfied and content. They are known as the enthusiasts and they do have enthusiasm for all the things such as zest for life. Uh, Some people might refer to them as an entertainer. Again, I feel like that word could go to a lot of people. (laughs) And as a seven myself, I 
while maybe some people find me entertaining, that's not my intent. It's more, I just get so excited about all the things and it's hard to stop me. And yes, and the and their their desire to be satisfied and content tends to propel them to more and more experiences. Mm. And then last but not least, this type eight and their core desire is self-protection. They have a fear of being betrayed. And so they're known as the challenger. Eight sometimes have this reputation of being maybe like really forceful and strong. And while they can be, they're also some of the most tender-hearted people that I know. They they're some of my best friends and the eight will champion. They're also known as the champion, the challenger and the champion, but oftentimes they're not being forceful because of their own ideas, but they're being forceful and challenging to support the underdog. So when they're healthy, they're helping everybody else. And they're not just doing or being maybe stubborn about their idea of what they really believe to be true that will help other people. Mm-hmm. So that's a real high view, but that's a good start if you're just beginning here at the, on the Enneagram. And that is so great too, because you open the door of so many of the different avenues you can go down in each of the numbers, because there is so much information. And like you talked about, when you look at the diagram, you can see all the lines and it can be overwhelming, but all of those are just different avenues. Um, and I know there's all these different triads and everything. So we won't go into yes. any of that stuff, although... <laughs> I have done my reading and it is all fascinating. So fascinating. Yes. But we are going to look at least briefly wing numbers, which you mentioned is signified by the circle that goes outside all the numbers. So can you explain what that is and how they work? Yes. I'm really glad you asked this because it's a question I get a lot. So I've done a lot of social media series and I even did a podcast episode about it in August of 21. I think I'm going to do another one because it's again, a topic that comes up over and over again. So if you think of wings, just as the word is, think about a bird or an insect that has wings on either side. Now, a lot of times I get the answer, yes, I am a nine wing six, to which I kindly reply, oh, really tell me more about that. Because with like wings, you have the main body, And then you have the wings on either side. And it's just like that with your Enneagram type. You have your main or dominant or core type, and then you have the wing or number on either side. So if you're a nine, you can either be a wing one or a wing eight. And so that describes the either side and I can go on, but you all are pretty smart. If you, if you're a one, it's a wing nine or a wing two, and you go around the circle, not necessarily numerical order. When you think of, especially the nine and the one that can be a little bit tricky, but there is that flow where it's the number, the main number, and then the number on either side. I like to talk about wings because I think that wings help balance us out for one. Mm -hmm. And two, the funny title I gave that podcast episode was how to stop flying in circles (laughs) because we can fly higher and straighter when we're just as in nature. If we're using both of our wings, we will go further and faster and higher and all those things when we're utilizing all the different aspects of the positive character traits that are available to us. So what you're saying is probably you're not a nine wing six. Nope. Six is not (laughs) your nine. So you're probably a nine wing one or nine wing eight. Yes, exactly. And there are connections, say the nine and the six. 
for stress and growth. And then there's these things called tri-types. And you talked about triads and we won't get into that, but it could be where you maybe even took a test and you saw some other numbers that you scored high in. And that sort of information is helpful for me as a coach when you come and you're like, I really want to work on these different anxiety and frustration, all of that in my life, but I can't even figure out my Enneagram type. And so we start there and we look at all those numbers and usually I help you make sense of them and show you how they connect, but it's not always because it's your wing. And so you mentioned people can get their results and they can see where they rank in different numbers. So where can people go to find out their Enneagram type? I'm glad you asked Carly, because I do have a free Enneagram quiz. And what I dive into there is that I help you first examine your communication style. And then we talk about your decision-making tendencies Mm -hmm. and it's those two elements. And as we break it down, it's actually only 12 questions in total. My quiz does ask you for your email address, what I think is obnoxious amount of times, but I couldn't help it, but it's only 12 questions that dive into those. And when you answer any quiz, whether it be my quiz or somebody else's, and I have two available on my website, but you need to answer the questions based off of your 18-year-old self. Mm. Now, I often say, go further than that. You, if you can go, if you can remember your nine-year-old self or 10-year-old self, that's great. But most people are like, what? But there is something connected to that 18-year-old self because it tended to be a very tradition transitional year. There was a lot of big decisions that were happening. There were a lot of feelings. You remember discussions and maybe even confrontations at that time. And so use that information when answering your quiz, not your current state of being, not the things that you've learned and not even the environment that you're currently in, because that will change how you respond to these. And the goal again is to examine the motivations, the desires, how we are naturally wired. And so we can see what's really going on beneath the surface and not what we're just doing and how we're operating in life. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's great. So people will definitely need to check that out and I'll link it in the show notes and everything so that it's pretty easy for people to find. But since this is the Resolve podcast, I also want to touch on how the Enneagram can help us reach our goals. Because of course, when we have that greater understanding, everything else just comes much easier. But from your perspective as an Enneagram coach, how can we use that tool to help us achieve whatever it is we want to achieve? I use this all the time with my coaching because that's usually ultimately when we reach out for a coach we have a place that we want to be in our mind and we're just not getting there. We feel stuck. We feel like maybe we've got this rock that we keep coming up against, right? The idea between a rock and a hard place, but oftentimes we're not really between a rock and a hard place. It's a self-imposed or imagined (laughs) or (laughs) that rock is actually very movable, Mm -hmm. but we got to be able to identify what it is. And oftentimes when I'm working with clients is we identify the core fear The core fear is really key to self-understanding our self-sabotage, to understand the self-imposed limitations, to better clarify why we're feeling paralyzed and stuck, Mm -hmm. or why our emotions and our feelings are not lining up with the knowledge we know we possess, and even to overcome the inertia that we need to be able to move forward. So I'm constantly going back to core fears and then so many other different pieces. But again, and I alluded this to begin with, what I love about having the Enneagram knowledge is that I am able to coach people based on what they need to hear and their stuck point. 
which isn't always the same as mine. And the knowledge I can pass along is a bigger pool and resource than just my own experience. That's so good to know. And so good for listeners to know too, as they go take the test and apply the quiz to their own life. But as they go and do that, is there any kind of warnings that you would give them or things that they should keep in mind as they start to learn more about themselves in this way and use it to change their life however they want to? Oh, you bet I do. And you haven't even talked about this, but you as a type one, you would understand there's got to be some cautions here. (laughs) And there is, I've written about in my book and I've spoke about it um, on other podcasts before, because this is a tool that should be used so carefully. One, as we don't want to weaponize the Enneagram. We don't want to use it as a bully pulpit (laughs) or something that we hit (laughs) over the head, other people in our life, because once you dive into the Enneagram, if you decide to go down this road, there's a high probability. You'll be so excited about this. You'll not only want to tell everybody about it, but you'll want to figure out everybody's personality Mm -hmm. types. So it's really important that you absolutely share this tool and this resource and your findings, but you allow people to explore the Enneagram for themselves you have the pleasure of the self-discovery of their personality type. So that means do your best to not type your spouse, your kids, your friends, your coworkers, all the things, (laughs) but do share it with them and share the resources with them so they can talk about their findings and discoveries. The other thing is don't use it as an excuse. Mm -hmm. A lot of people might quickly read about their type look at the negatives and maybe find relief. (laughs) My hope is that you will read about the findings after you figure out your type and you're a little bit embarrassed because the goal is to have this raw moment where you're like, oh, I can't believe this about me. And I don't like it. If you really like the Enneagram number that you've come up with, I want to challenge you that maybe you (laughs) haven't figured out your type, but ultimately you don't want to use it as an excuse just because you tend to be more forceful and opinionated and you're not afraid to say it doesn't mean that you have permission to bully people. And it's just not an excuse for poor behavior ultimately. And then the third one that I'll cover today, and I would say I have a, a good handful of cautions, but that is to become so self-absorbed and use it in a way that's navel gazing, I'd like to say, because it's not just about you. What the Enneagram actually does, it helps you discover all the different lenses that people are looking through. First, yes, identify what lens you're looking through and understand your perspective better, but then use it as a way to have compassion on yourself, compassion for others, and to realize, oh, maybe it's because of my perspective and their perspective is different. Why you either have a disagreement or why you don't always see eye to eye or why you just can't understand that person sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, they have a different perspective. They have a different motivation. And just use it as a way to grow compassion, again, for yourself and for those in your community. Mm-hmm. I love that. Those are such great guidelines and things to keep in mind as you tackle the Enneagram. And so thank you for sharing about the Enneagram with us. I'm sure it's going to keep coming up in our conversation, but we're yes. going to move into the resolution round and talk Woo-hoo! about goals and goal setting and all of that. So first of all, do you set goals or resolutions? And if so, what is that like for you? You bet. Because one of the vices for the type seven is planning. <laughs> we always, and it's a different, if it's a different motivation than the one, the planning is about order and structure and being prepared. The seven just doesn't want to be bored. 
<laughs> we got to have something fun to look forward to all the time. And if we don't, there's a little bit of panic that sets in. But ultimately, I've always loved planning. It's been something that I've just naturally done. And I thought everybody did come to find out that's not the case. I have learned how best to do it for me. And one of the fun things that I've, I've been married for over 17 years now, and my husband has learned he's a nine. He has learned that planning is my thing. And while it's not necessarily his thing, it's been a place of growth for him. Mm. And he started taking me out for my birthday, which happens to be the end of the year. It's December 27th. It's in the midst of all the that no man's <laughs> land week where nobody remembers the date, but we try to really hard go at least out to breakfast and we do a little dream date. Mm. And it looks a little bit different every year and the setting and everything, but we do have a methodology that we follow but it's such a gift to me because it's something that I really love to do. Yeah. My birthday is at the end of the year too. So I love oh. the energy. I know that some people can use their birthday when it happens at other points during the year as like their jump off point for starting something new. But since sure. mine's at the end of the year, I'm sure you're the same way. Like it just rolls in together with resolutions and the fresh start energy of the new year. And it just makes totally. that entire part of the year so special. But if you have your birthday at a different point in the year, that's okay too. Then you just get two starts like that. But I think That's ours right. at the end of the year is extra special. <laughs> it is. It is. It's really fun. It's a great excuse for sure. <laughs> yes. So what is the biggest goal or resolution that you've set and completed? Ooh. Okay. So one of the things in our marriage was getting out of debt. Mm -hmm. We did Dave Ramsey early on. It's been about 13 years ago. Now we had a major life transition and two babies and we were starting from scratch. It felt an aunt and uncle of my husband's paid for us to do the financial peace class and it saved our marriage, changed our life. And we've gone on to teach several financial peace classes on our own because we found so much victory and freedom mm -hmm. in it. So getting out of debt together was a huge, just a unifying shift for us. And it was a goal for many years. It took us a while and achieving it. Oh man, there was just nothing like it. Now we still yeah. have more goals and there's still financial goals to colleges around the corner and whatnot. Can't believe it, <laughs> but that was a, a big one. And then probably my ministry being profitable mm -hmm. that has been on the list for a long time. And I make separate ministry goals or my organization goals from our family goals that we do together but they do. It always like, at least the big idea gets put on the family goal list because my husband's all about supporting and it takes us working together ultimately as a team to achieve all of that for a family that does impact my business and the business growth. So having that be profitable was like, all right, we're on the right track. <laughs> There's no stopping now. I love <laughs> the <those>. Lord says. <laughs> yeah, those are great ones. And I love them too, because they're so foundational. Like they're ones that take a lot of effort and brain space when they're not quite there or when you're working on them. But once they are, it just lays such a beautiful foundation for everything that comes after. Yeah. And I think it's important. This just stuck out to me is that none of those things were done in a year's time even. Yeah. And you probably talk about this all the time. It's not about the timeline. It's about, are you moving one step forward? Mm -hmm. And for me, technically uh, for my business, and then also our personal life, we do a seasonal evaluation and we're always asking questions like what worked, what didn't, what did we achieve? What are we still needing to work on? But also celebrating the ways that we have made yeah. progress because ultimately if, if we're, if we're not making or feel like we're not making progress, it just gets discouraging and you stop working mm -hmm. on it. So 
maybe you didn't finish it, but it's not about finishing. It's about making progress and, and learning to celebrate that and believe that's the end goal, right? Yeah. I have an episode that talks about why the goal isn't the goal because it yes. really isn't about that at all. It's about the way that you grow as a person along the way. And those attributes that really are the things you want to establish anyway. And of course, mm. all the progress you make at every step. So, so key, the attributes. And I think that's so important. That is yeah. good. So what goal are you working on personal or business right now? Oh man, that's good. So why didn't I think about this before? <laughs> Let's see. Here's the funny thing. I have always like 20 that I'm working on right. simultaneously, to be honest. One of the things that I really loved from last year and what also worked was I hosted a huge Enneagram summit. Oh, it wow. was phenomenal. Over 4,000 people attended. Wow. I had 20 speakers, other experts in the, the field. And oh my gosh, it was so much work. It took me six months. <laughs> I am not kidding, but it was so worth it. And I am going to do that again this year, different speakers, some of the same different topics. I'm going to have more live elements in it. And so that is ultimately, I guess, a goal that I am working for. And it's takes a lot of little pieces. And, and that's why I'm working. I'm starting. I really started back in March mm. <laughs> working on this one, but I'm excited to see that come to fruition. Oh, and alongside of it, I am going to host my first live event in Kansas city oh, in fun. November. And so they'll go hand in hand, but it'll be like a two day conference and in person that, oh, it's going to take your business and your knowledge about the Enneagram to the next level and really help women create a business plan that they love and that will work for them. So it's going to be great. Oh, that's beautiful. So exciting. Yes. So every week on the podcast, we encourage listeners to resolve to consider something or experiment or take some action. What is something that you would encourage listeners resolve to do? Ooh, well, I maybe use this word a little bit earlier when I was describing the types and because I want to stay true to this, especially if this is the first time you've heard about Enneagram, I want you to check in. Mm. Maybe it's cliche. Maybe it's overused. I don't know, but I would love for you to not just listen to this and then move on to the next one. Maybe go back and listen to some of the description of those nine types that maybe took us what, 10 minutes and check in with yourself and see what resonates. Take mm -hmm. some time to investigate some of the quizzes that we're linking to or other ones out there. There's plenty of them out there. And take that opportunity to go, okay, what is really going on? What are some of those desires? What are those fears? How could they be holding me back? How can I use them better to harness that resolve that I need to move mm -hmm. forward in the things that I'm excited about? So mm -hmm. there you go. Check in. Yeah. And I, that's such a great one because if people are new to the Enneagram, they're going to be checking in at a different level than people who are familiar with it or who know their type, but there yeah. is so much we can learn in this area. So we can always be deepening our knowledge. hundred percent. That's so good, Carly. Okay. To wrap up the show, I have some confetti questions. These are just for fun. So we can get to know you and a little better. I love confetti. So this is <laughs> right? fabulous. Everyone loves confetti. So <laughs> what time do you get up? Don't laugh, but it could be anywhere from 4 a.m. to 5.30 a.m., but rarely do I get the luxury of 5.30. It's wow. partly biological. Mm -hmm. And then also my dog, she's not a puppy anymore, but she has a bad habit of waking me up even, even if I really wasn't planning on getting up that early. 
But all that to say, I am a morning person. So I get my best writing done and I love having coffee with Jesus and feel like I can linger Mm -hmm. and just no limitations because if I'm, I'm up that early nowadays, my kids are not, and I have plenty of time to be ready to help them get out the door for school. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So is that early morning time when you do your best work? It really is for sure. Before noon, <laughs> usually <Right. laughs> if I'm doing anything worthwhile, uh, besides busy work or some mundane things, if it's a quality, it's happening before noon for sure. <laughs> I'm the same way. Yeah. What is the best piece of advice you've been given? I think it was my husband's aunt who, when the kids were little said, when you lay your head on the pillow, And you're thinking all the things that you didn't get done or all the things you did get done. And you're, all of that is a swirl instead of thinking about those things, your only checklist is how much did I love today? Mm. And talk about a mind shift, just really a game changer. And it's a piece of advice that I have passed on to many of my clients and has been equally a game changer. Mm. We're in a society that is so focused on high achieving, whether you fit in that personality type or not, it could be really easy to think about all the things you didn't do because there's never enough time to get it all done. But especially whether you're a mom or not, who, how did you love today? How did you love your husband? How did you love your community? How did you love your sibling? How did you love your neighbor? That's what the Lord has asked us to do is love him and love others. So really the question is, how did I love today? And that's not a beating up session. (laughs) That is a, oh, I took time and maybe didn't do a task in order to show love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's what really matters. Absolutely. What do you do to rest? Hmm. A number of things I like to, I used to be a runner and now I call it walking. (laughs) (laughs) I like to get out and either take a walk or go on a walk. Um, if I have some alone time, I love listening to podcasts and mm-hmm. love reading. I'm such a book nerd and I do not do, and I like fiction and nonfiction. I, I love doing hikes. I love hanging out with my people, mm-hmm. playing games. Yeah. That one's always <laughs> a good one. So there's a lot of things I like to do, but those feel restful. Mm-hmm. What about your favorite beverage? Oh, coffee. I'm yeah. addicted. Hands down. <laughs> and at least I drink it black, but I do have multiple cups a day because it's just, it's comfort food to me now. <laughs> yeah. Favorite TV show? I am such a cheesy person. I love the Hallmark Movies and Mysteries <laughs> channel. Not going to lie. My dream is to someday be a mystery writer. And there's two of them. It's called Murder, She Bakes. And it has Allison Sweeney as the star. Love them. And then her, like her male counterpart. Oh, he's so cute. And they just have like, <laughs> really great chemistry. And then another one on that channel, <laughs> I'm telling you, it's so funny. It's the Aurora Tea Garden Mysteries. And she's a mm-hmm. librarian who finds herself in just like one in the middle of one murder after another. And <laughs> They're, it's like long series and each of the shows are like two hours long. Whoa. It's the best. Oh, that's great. <laughs> so I haven't even finished watching them all. Oh, and I will say this. They're actually based off of books. I can't wholeheartedly recommend the Aurora Tea Garden. It was much darker than the shows were, though I love the shows. And But the Murder, She Bakes so far, they seem pretty clean and wholesome okay. and, <laughs> and entertaining. <laughs> so that's my disclaimer. <laughs> what book has had the greatest impact on your life? Okay. Cliche, 
but truly the word of God, the Bible. One that has been more recent to me that I've really loved is a few books that I've read by Philip Keller. Mm. And he's now in heaven with Jesus, but his background was a, I think a missionary kid in South Africa, but then he became a shepherd like a modern day shepherd. And so he has used that experience of taking care of animals to help us understand how God relates to his people. And I have just been so blessed by many of his books. So anyway, what are you currently reading? Ooh, okay. (laughs) You're going to (laughs) laugh. I seriously have 10 books here, but I will dig for the one that I am loving. And that is redeeming heartache. It's Dan Allender, Dr. Dan Allender. And I have loved, I've kind of self-taught some of his work. He focuses on story work as it's related to trauma Mm. and healing therapy and really love his heart, his tone, the way he writes. I've learned so much from his material over the years. I hope to be officially trained someday by them, but right now Redeeming Heartache has been really great. I'm not only for myself, but also as I pass along some of the resources and teachings to my clients. Mm, Great. Um, And what is a win that you're currently celebrating that we can toast with you? Okay. (laughs) So I'm the oldest of four kids Mm -hmm. and I have a sister who's eight years younger than me. And this weekend I happen to know she's getting proposed to. So my three (laughs) kids and I are going on a drive to Colorado to be there for that special day. And I like, it has been so prayed for. She's 34. He's 34. They both love the Lord. They both have been waiting for the right person. And we have had the greatest heartache for the last year that I've shared about here and there with my people, but this feels so redemptive and Mm. gosh, I just couldn't be happier. We're just over the moon. And yeah. So by the time you hear this, the news will be out and we'll be planning a wedding. <laughs> and I just not going to find out this way. <laughs> That's right. I can't wait. Oh, it's going to be so good. That is so exciting. Definitely going to toast that with you and with her. So exciting. That's going to be a wedding in your future. <laughs> I know October, I think is going to happen. So we've okay. got our work cut out for us. Yes. I can't wait though. <laughs> yeah. Between your conference and that you were going to be one busy woman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's just hope I can sit by the pool some this summer. (laughs) Definitely make time for that. Okay. And Amy, where can people go to find more information about you and your work and all the amazing things you're doing? My website is simply wholehearted. And that is also the podcast, simply wholehearted podcast, but everywhere else you can find me as wholehearted Enneagram. Okay. Only because simply wholehearted was hard to understand. What is this all about? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I had some fun with the names on the social. So that way people knew what to expect from me. Yeah, that's great. Thanks again, Amy, so much for coming to share all about the Enneagram and sharing so many tips and ideas about how people can apply it to their own life in a very helpful and wholehearted way, in a way that won't be detrimental to them or their goals. So thank you. You had so much wisdom to share. Thank you, Carly. It's really a privilege. And I'm just so excited for people to begin the journey or to continue the journey wherever they're at. Yeah, absolutely. The Enneagram is such a great tool. And that's a wrap on my interview with Amy Wicks. Whether or not you knew anything about the Enneagram going in today, I hope that you were able to take something away to deepen your knowledge. And even if you didn't take something away from this episode, then I hope you were encouraged to go dive into the topic 
yourself, maybe your number, or if you don't know what your number is to identify it. As we talked about a bit in the episode, I am an Enneagram one and I am a wing two, which we also talked a little bit about in the episode. And I have gained so much knowledge about myself. The more I read about ones, the more I connect with other people in my life who also are Enneagram ones. It's so interesting to see our differences and our similarities and the way no matter what goals we're working at, we still often approach them from the same motivation. And although I haven't forced anyone in my life to take the Enneagram, I have loved talking about the quiz with the people in my life who have decided to take it on their own. Personality typing and personality quizzes are so fascinating. And although I think I have changed a lot as a person over the last couple of years, within the past couple of months, I took a personality test because I was curious to see if my results would have changed. I wasn't necessarily expecting them to, but I was curious and it wasn't the Enneagram, but I took a different personality quiz again that I had taken in years past. And even as I went through the questions, some of which I think have a negative connotation or in my mind, there is a right way to answer some of the questions as in the person that you should be. But even as I tried to answer the questions, honestly, I could tell that I was answering the questions more in line with the person that I would want to be and the the person that I've become than I think I was when I first took the test and I maybe was less happy with the person I was or some of the answers that I was forced to give when I was being honest. And I came out of the quiz with the exact same personality answer that I had the first time I took it years ago. And I think that's exactly right because we don't certainly don't want necessarily our personalities to change because that, that undermines the entire usefulness of personality typing systems to begin with. But I was so fascinated to have that reminder of you can grow and develop in so many ways and you are still you. You are still the same person, most likely with the exact same personality, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't grow and develop and change and mature in all the ways that we want to but we don't have to feel like when we are doing those things that we're inherently changing the person that we are just becoming the better version of ourselves with the exact same personality that we had to begin with. I hope that you can use this interview, use the Enneagram to learn more about yourself, to develop more into the person that you want to be. And of course, to reach your goals all along the way. So with that, thanks for tuning into the Resolve Podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Carly Tizano. I would love to connect with you. Don't forget to rate and review. It really helps other people find the show. And subscribe if you haven't already so that you don't miss another great episode next week. For the show notes or additional support in reaching your goals, check out carlytizano.com. Until next time, here's to all that lies ahead.